Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, with the Knicks season ending, I give you all my grades for each player and also grades for Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so let's talk some New York Knicks. So they finished the season, uh, finished it on a high note, but finished nonetheless, did not make playoffs, as we all know, Uh, rather unfortunate. But what can you do, guys? What can you do? So um, you you thought you'd get a better showing this season. I know I did, but... um, they finished 37 and 45 um, in the 11th spot. So pretty much on the outside looking in and in regards to playoffs. So, um, yeah, so disappointed, absolutely disappointed in what what should have been for this team. Um, but again, I, I know I joked on a, another podcast that. Um, I think I'd rather be the uh, Knicks at this point than what's going on in La La Land with the Lakers. So, a lot of upside here over with the Knicks. They just have to figure some things out. So, going to get right into it then. So, I'm giving out grades. I'm not giving out letter grades. I'm actually going to give out, you know, uh, number grades. So, out of a hundred, you know how you grade a test, hundred and on down and so forth. So, out of this is out of a hundred, guys. This is my grading for the New York Knicks for each player. So, um, <clears throat> only caveat is if you played uh, less than half the season, you're probably going to get an incomplete. So, uh, let's get into it, guys. So. Let's talk about Julius Randle. Uh, of course, all conversations begin and end with him because of him being such a polarizing figure. Um, so, Julius Randle for the year, he actually had his numbers overall uh, 20, a little over 20 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds, and five over five assists. Um, the problem was. Uh, his shooting. His numbers were way down in terms of shooting. Only 41% for, uh, for the season from the field. Uh, a little less than 31% from three-point range, which is down as well. And then your free throws, uh, 75.6% in that regard. So, Julius Randle, who's had an up-and-down year, He's played 72 games. Um, he missed the latter end with the quad injury. Um, he had a brief bout where he was in the health and safety protocols. So, you know, overall he's been here for the most part. But he's just been so inconsistent for the year. Um, even with those nice numbers that he put there. Um, he's been at war with the fans. 
whether it be on social media, whether it be in the arena itself, giving the thumbs down to the fans, um, just displaying bad energy around the team. So uh, he's gone as far as uh, I guess that's the thing uh, these days is that uh, now on your social media on Instagram, he has just two. He narrowed it down to two followers. I don't know who the two followers were, but um, so this is a sign of a man who I know a few weeks ago I said that he was psychologically shot. Um I still kind of stand by that, to be honest with you. He's saying all the right things. Um, he's, um, in fact, Leon Rose just had an interview on MSG with Mike Breen, uh, where you know it sounds sounds like he wants to stay, but to me, Leon Rose didn't exactly give an emphatic, yeah, he's staying. He kind of left the door jarred, so. At least that's what I got from it. So, um, what happens with Randall in the off season? I understand. I get it. They re-upped him for four years, hundred seventeen million, which at the time I touted as a uh, a pretty great deal. And you know, you want to keep the culture, you want to keep the continuity, continuity. So, um, so I touted the deal at the time. I didn't expect for him to regress the way he did this season um that's why i say last year was such an aberration because remember there was no fans in the arena i think that matters i really think that matters guys can play loosey-goosey when you know the Fans are not on your back, so um, and that's just the way it is for some guys. I think Julius Randle is that type of guy, where you know he gets down on himself when the fans are down on him. Uh, so, um, so they have a big decision to make. What do you do with Randle in this offseason? I'll talk more about that when I get to the kids, because um, of what we've seen as in recent weeks. So. So, <clears throat> with all of that said, my letter grade for, not my letter grade, my numeric grade for Julius Randle is a 75. It's a 75. I can't give him a failing grade because he still has his numbers of 20, 10, and, and 5. But the problem is, the efficiency was bad. It, he he didn't do it at the same clip that he did last year. So, um, and <clears throat> I think he also loses points because of the, the animus that he has with the, with the fan base. Uh, I say it once, I'll say it again. You're not going to win a war with your fans. You're not going to do it. So, um, so that's that's just the way it is. So, and the thing about Nick fans, well, true Nick fans, let me just say that um, they want effort, they want you know passion, they want desire out of their players. If they don't see that, if they see somebody uh, kind of lingering a bit, they're, they're going to get on the guy. So uh, that's what happened with Randall. So again, uh, 
this offseason is huge as far as he goes. He'll be back in the gym. He'll work on his game and so forth. But will <clears throat> will he acquiesce to what's going on with these young players? That's the big question. So, um, so that what leads me to give him a grade of seventy-five. So, let's move on to R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, who's uh, who's the arrow is going up, guys. The arrow is going up. He appeared in 70 games, scored 20 points per game, uh, 5.8 rebounds, 3 assists. So um, his numbers definitely are up scoring-wise um, and so forth. So, uh, But kind of like uh, his um, teammate, Randall, uh, shooting percentage, not great, um, um, not near, it's near 41%, so 41%, near 41% from the field, 342 from three-point range, so um, it's better in that regard, and then only 71.4% from the line, so. R.J. Barrett with much room for improvement, obviously. Uh, I would like to see him get back to the defense he was playing prior to this season, um, where he was one of the better defenders on the team. Uh, definitely, uh, you saw him as a high-volume shooter. I would love to see his efficiency get better. He has to think of, you know, um, he needs a pull-up game. He definitely needs that. Um, a mid-range game um, that will take him to the next level, that's for sure. But he definitely got to improve on his free throws. Um, I think he can improve on his three-point shooting. I, I think there's room for improvement there, but he has to have better efficiency if he's going to ascend to that next level, guys. So, uh, R.J. Barrett, the arrow's definitely going up, as I said. So my grade for him a 85. I give him an 85. So uh, for his um, what he's done here. So um, so that's my grade for him. Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. He's come over um, as a free agent in his first year. Um, I'm going to say something that I know it's not going to be popular with a lot of guys, but. All in all, he's had he's had his career average here. So I don't think you can probably ask for better. If you would expect him to come here and be a 20-point scorer, I, I think you'd be sadly mistaken. He wasn't brought here to do that. He was brought here to make teams pay for doubling up on a Randall, doubling up on a Barrett, and knocking it down from deep. And for the most part, I think he's done that. For the most part, but I think he, uh, he too, um, can have better efficiency. Um, for low over fourteen points a game, two point six rebounds, low over two assists, forty one point seven percent from the field, uh, nearly thirty nine percent from three point range. Would you like that? In fact, he was fourth in the league in three point. Goals made 
In fact, in his first year here, he beat uh, John Stark's record for made threes in the season. So um, there's that. Um, 70.8% from the free throw line. He could do better in that regard. And he averaged a steal per game. So uh, you know... You knew defensively he would leave a lot to be desired. His defense isn't terrible, but uh, definitely room for improvement in that regard. But better efficiency. Um, I think with all these guys, as far as the efficiency goes, it could be better, yes. But I think that comes with having better point guard play. That's just me. If when if, when you have a point guard that's setting up the offense, getting guys in a position where they can, you know, um, flourish, I think that comes down on the point guard. So um, I think that's why you see a lot of this, this efficiency uh, from these guys not looking so great, especially you know shooting from the field and so forth. Uh, so Evan Fournier. I think you'll see better from him if he's given another year here. Um, the whole question, will he be given another? I think he should. Um, again, I'm one that's big on continuity and so forth. I know I was talking about Randall, but if Randall's body language is saying he doesn't want to be here, what can you really do? I know his what his words are saying, but the body language uh, speaks as well, so... Evan Fournier. So, in me saying all of that, I give him the grade of an 82. Uh, he gave you what you expected of him. Uh, I do give him credit for all the threes that he made, so I can't really um, penalize him for that. Could he have given them more? Sure. If his efficiency was better, he probably could have scored a easily... Um, been near 16 to 18 points per game. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so I give him a 82 grade. So that's how I'm looking at that. So next up is Alex Burks. Alec Burks, uh, <laughs> who's became Tom Thibodeau's favorite. Uh, <laughs> Um, and this is on the strength of, you know, he had no Kimba for the most part, Derek Rose, he was gone. So he needed to go with a point guard instead of handing the keys over to Emmanuel quickly. He chose to go to Burks and he, you know, he gets reasons of the analytics and, you know, what Burks does that quickly doesn't. So, in any event, Burks ended up being the only player to play every game but one. So, Alec, Alec Burks missed only one game the whole season. So, and a guy like Tibbs, he likes to reward a guy who can, um, who's available like that. So, so Burks, uh, 11.7 points per game, nearly five rebounds, five, three assists. Uh, shot it horribly from the field, only 39%. Uh, thankfully, he shot it better from three-point range. Uh, a little over 40% from 
three-point range, and then 80, a little over 82% from the free throw line. And he adds a steal per game. So, Tibbs like Burke's defense, so, for what that's worth, and says the team plays better with him in there, so on and so forth. So, Burks was in a situation where he was in a spot. Burks is a combo guard. He That's who he is. He's able to play point guard in spurts, uh, shooting guard. That's really where he, you know, flourishes. So, um, so he was forced to play a role that more full-time than he that he's was used to. Um, he did it with mixed results. Um, and I think a lot of that, all those, the blowing of the 20-point leads, I think when you don't have a steady point guard in there, I think that sort of thing happens. So uh, Burks, for all that he can do, he's not the sort of point guard to settle things down and get people to, you know, work in the offense. So, um, so Alec Burks, um, in terms of my grade for him, I'll give him a 78. I think there's something have to be said for availability, which he was pretty much throughout the year. So I, I think you get points for that. I think you get uh, points for, yeah, for the availability, to be honest. Um, was he a world-class point guard? Not by any means. So um, I think next year he should go back to his role of being that, that spark plug coming off your bench. And eventually you, you hand the keys over to one of the young guys or you're going to get somebody via trade or, you know, whatever happens with Randall. Maybe that brings back a point guard of some sort. We'll see. So, um, yeah, so my grade for him is a 78. So then we move on to the last person amongst the starters, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, he played, surprisingly enough, he played 72 games. It felt like less, but he played in 72 games, guys. Uh, and in those games, uh, only 8.5 points per game, uh, 8.6 rebounds, uh, nearly two blocks per game. He shot at a whopping 76% from the field. Good gracious, but only 48.6 from the free throw line, so definitely need improvement there. Mitchell Robinson, he's had a he's had I think he, his numbers could be better. I think they could be better, but I think that's a byproduct of uh, Tibbs' offense. A as far as any tips team I know, he does not run offense through his center. Um, you've seen, uh, you've seen uh, Joachim Noah. You've seen him in uh, a Tibbs offense. 
Uh, he's going to be guys that a guy that get put put backs. He's going to shoot a high percentage, and that's what you're getting with Mitch Robinson. I think Mitch Robinson feels that he could give you much more than what he's giving you here. So um, he's an unrestricted free agent now. So what happens with him in the off season? Um, somebody's going to offer him big money. Uh, the Knicks should try and offer him, you know, something somewhat substantial. I wouldn't break the bank because of the way he's using this offense. I can see another team seeing him and saying, you know, if we kind of, you know, um, let him have more offense, because look at what he shoots from the field. So, um, yeah, so... I mean, you you run a big risk because of the injury factor, but um, he somebody's going to offer some him some big money. Will he jump at the opportunity to leave the Knicks situation to go to greener pastures? We'll see. So um, I give him a eighty. I give him a eighty because you got seventy two games out of the guy. So. That's got to speak for something, as opposed to the prior season. Um, but I would just like to see more offense out of him. That, but I think that's not going to happen with Tibbs as the coach. It's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, but other than that, uh, he pretty much gave you what he gave you. And the free throw percentage has to improve that that's that's abysmal that's that 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 can't be uh that can't happen so um but i'll give him an 80 so let's move on to the uh, to the bench and i'm gonna start with emmanuel quickly guys you've heard me talk these last few a uh, couple of podcasts at least about manual quickly and the improvement in his game uh, he's played 78 games for the season, uh, uh, averaging um, 11.3 points per game, a little over three rebounds, three and a half assists. He, too, didn't shoot it all that great from the field, uh, a little over 39% from the field, so that has to improve drastically. Uh 34.6 from three-point range. He can even improve in that regard. Uh, 88, a little over 88% from the free throw line. He was up in the 90s, but um, uh, he started uh, get, getting some uh, misses like in between uh, March and into the end of the season. So that dropped him down uh, percentage points-wise. So... Um, Emmanuel quickly, I think you, he only got 23 minutes per game, so there's that. Um, the decision has to be made. Have we seen enough over the past couple of weeks to say Emmanuel quickly deserves the starting point guard position for this team? Have we have we saw enough to say that? 
that's a good question. And that's one that's not, it's not easy to answer. Um, because you, you don't want to say it's fool's gold because, you know, it's late in the season, teams are resting, you know, resting guys. And even that Toronto game, Nick Nurse didn't even coach that game. So you want to temper your expectations in that regard. He did have two triple doubles down the stretch. Um, I think his game has room for improvement. Absolutely. Uh, I think he wants to be a... Um, a point guard. I think he wants to be that. He wants to be a point guard in this league. Um, you saw it even f- going all the way to summer league, where in the summer league he was bringing the ball up, tr- uh, setting up the offense. And you've seen it throughout the seasons uh, in that regard. You see, today's point guard, you, you, it's hard to get those guys that are pass first guys in today's NBA as far as point guards go. It's just hard because of the currification, if you will, of the point guards that are in the league now. They see Steph Curry goes off, um, you know, dropping threes all over the place. They think, hey, he's a point guard. He's doing that. Maybe I can do that too. So, um, and stuff he gets his share of assists, obviously, but um, would you say he's a pass-first type of uh, point guard? Absolutely not. Uh, John Moran is he that? Absolutely not. Um, probably the only guys in that regard I would say uh, Chris Paul, probably uh, yeah, Lamelo Ball. I would say uh, the rookie for OKC, Josh Giddy, um, Darius Garland. I don't know if I've mentioned him, but he's probably a pass first uh, point guard, but he can get his offense. So uh, there's not a lot of them. So I say all this to say that why not go with Emmanuel quickly as your point guard? Why not? Um, I think he can run the offense well enough for this team to have success. I think so. So, um, yes. So, uh, so that's my assessment as far as, uh, Emmanuel quickly. I, oh, I give him a, a number grade yet. 83. I give Emmanuel quickly a 83 only because it's not higher because, I like to see the efficiency get better from the field. I like to see him get more minutes, that's for sure. That's not his fault, but uh, I definitely, yeah, 83, and I would give him, yeah, I would give him an 83. So let's move on to Obi Toppin. Obi, Obi, Obi. Huh. Uh, some season for him, 70, 72 games he played. So he played a little less than um, games than quickly. Uh, averaged only 17 minutes a game for the year. <sighs> That's the frustrating part that 
this guy only was seeing 17 minutes. Even Hubie Brown said it the other night. Um, uh, he said uh, he was amazed that this kid is only seeing that kind of time. Um, and Hubie Brown kind of knows the game, I would say. <laughs> For him to say something like that is saying, uh, what are you guys doing over here? So, in the 17 minutes play, he averaged nine points, uh, 3.7 rebounds, uh, a little over assists a game, shot at 53, over 53% from the field, um, 30.8 from three-point range, which is exactly the same percentage as Julius Randle. Go figure. Um, and then 75.8% from the uh, free throw line, which is similar to Randall's numbers. So here he is in 17 minutes giving you the same sort of three-point range as Randall, same sort of production from the free throw line, better from the field by far, um, and if you extrapolate the 17 minutes, let's say he's getting 34 minutes. So it would probably be something like uh, 18 to 20 points per game. Uh, about seven rebounds per game. A uh, couple of assists. I think the assists would go up um, though. But um, through no fault of his own, he's just not getting the playing time. So in these last... The six games that he started in the place of Randall, he's played very well, including a uh, uh, season-ending 42 points against a Toronto team. You know, a lot of people poo-poo it. Um, they still had Scotty Barnes playing. They had Chris Boucher, Boucher playing. Precious Ochoa was playing. So it wasn't like... Uh, it was entirely gutted, the uh, the team was. The only guy really who up front who didn't play was Pascal Siakam. Anunobi played. So, you know, he, he wasn't playing this against uh, guys from uh, West 4th Street. So, I think there's got to be some credibility to some of these numbers. So... I say all this to say that they're going to have to make a decision. Do do you go with the third year forward who it'll be his third year. So um, it takes guys time to, you know, get acclimated with the league and so forth. Has he in these six starts showed you enough to say, look, I'm turning over the starting point, starting power forward uh, position to him. Did he do enough to warrant that? Um, I say yes. I say yes. And with that said, I'm giving him a grade of 85. So, um, which is, you know, right around the grade I gave, uh, Jarrett, um, uh, Barrett. So, uh, the only problem was it, you know, it wasn't of his doing his minutes. So if he got more minutes, maybe he would have got a higher grade. So 
I got to cap them at 85. So, so let's continue. Uh, let me give you a couple of point guards here. Um, Kimba Walker. 37 games he played. Uh, averaging 16 point. No, not 16. Oh, 11.6 points per game. Three rebounds. Three and a half assists. Only shot at 40% from the field. Uh, 36.7 from three-point range. And 84 and a half from the three free throw lines. So, Kimball Walker only played 37 games. Started those games, by the way. He was, um, he was started initially when the season began. Uh, on back-to-backs, he didn't play. Uh, then Tibbs said they were sitting him because, you know, the deficient, the defense efficiency with him on the floor wasn't good. So there was that excuse. And then once Derek Rose went down, um, he had to kind of go back to the well and, uh, revive Kimball Walker, you know, again to be a starter and, he came back in a major way. He dropped. Uh, he had a game where he dropped forty points, and um, showing flashes of old Kimba. So um, you brought him in on a two-year contract. So he has one more year left. I'm not sure if it's a uh, any option on that last year. I'm not sure. So um, I don't think they bring him back next year. I don't see that. I think they're gonna try and deal him possibly so um not sure what you could get back for him you probably have to include him in a package maybe but um i think the feeling is tips or no tips i don't think they bring him back although yeah i i, I just don't know um that's tough to gauge. So, in any event, I'm giving him an incomplete because he only had the 37 games. Derrick Rose, who had even less games, 26 games, was pretty efficient in those games. 12 points a game, uh, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 44.5% from the field. Uh, much better than uh, most of these guards I mentioned. Uh over 40% from three-point range, uh, 96.8 from the free throw line. Uh, I, Yeah, and I think he will continue in that 90-ish range for most of the year. Anyhow, Derrick Rose losing him was a huge blow to this team. Huge blow. Um, next year, I would like to think he'll probably be back next year. Um to what extent will he be back? I'm not sure. Because um, he's, he's still under contract. He has the one more year and then the team option. So I think Derek Rose does come back. I don't think he'll get dealt unless um, unless management has a talk with him and say, look, you know, we want to go young. Uh, we'll sing you to a contender or so forth or something like that. But I think he comes back. So, uh, so and with all that said, he gets an incomplete. 
Todd Gibson. Todd Gibson, the elder statesman for the team. Um, very much a voice in the ear of the young bigs like uh, Obi Toppin, like uh, Jericho Sims. Um, only gave you 4.4 points per game, 4.4 rebounds. Uh, shot it um, nearly 52% from the field. Todd Gibson's always been efficient from the field for um, pretty much his entire career. So he doesn't cheat you in that regard. He was even dropping some threes so much so he was shooting uh, 39.5% from the field uh, in limited uh, you know, attempts, of course. And then uh, nearly 81% from the free throw line. So Taj Gibson, they had to call upon him because of Nerland's Noel. Um, the fact that he missed a lot of games, so... Uh, so they had to go to the well with Todd Gibson. I know Nick fans are sick of seeing Todd Gibson out there and so forth. He's one of those guys like um, Udonis Haslam. He's that sort of type of guy for this team here, especially with Tibbs. So um, he's a guy who I could see in time going to uh, – a assistant coach sort of position to coach the bigs. So, um, Tosh Gibson, you know, he gave you what he gave you. You needed it for crying out loud. So, um, I give him a 70 because I can't give him a failing grade because he is who he is. Um, and he went well above and beyond what he should have been needed for. And he did okay. So, um, again, it's the intangibles that you you kind of got to uh, factor into his grade as well. So, Taj Gibson, a 70. So, speaking of uh, Noel, New Orleans Noel, uh, only 25 games he played, uh, 3.4 points, 5.6 rebounds. 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks, 53% from the field, 70 from the free throw line. Uh, Nerlens Noel, he after he gave you a yeoman's type year uh, the season before, he reverts back to his injury plague sort of history there. So um, don't know if he comes back. He's still under contract for next year with a team option. So, um, yeah, but I don't know how they bring him back. Um, so, uh, got to give him an incomplete. He only played 25 games. So, which leads me to Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims, uh, 41 games played. Um, I thought he should have. I thought he should have been sent down to the G League more, but you really couldn't do that because you needed him, because you only had uh, Mitchell Robinson, who some you know, some games he left early because you know he had a maybe an injury that nagged him. So you kind of needed Jericho Sims. Uh, he didn't get the playing time that you thought would be afforded to him given that 
Um, he has a lot to learn. He has a lot to learn. I think he has. Um, I think he has some upside. Um, I, I liked how he was defending. Um, you know, some of the uh, better centers in the league. Uh, only 2.2 points per game, a little over four rebounds. He shot at 72.2% from the field. So he kind of gives you that uh, Mitchell Robinson dynamic as far as, you know, shot making. But he's just as bad from the free throw line, 41.4%. That's got to change. So he's right at the 41 game mark. So. I'm going to give him an incomplete just because of the little playing time that he had and so forth. So, um, but definitely, I think he's a guy who definitely want to see him in the summer league, um, kind of doing his thing, taking his game to that next level. So, um, and it's going to be interesting to see because you don't know the situation with Robinson yet. So you don't know what's going to happen in that regard. So you definitely got to send him to summer league and let him kind of stretch his wings in that sort of setting. And maybe that give him the confidence going into the preseason for next year. So uh, let us move on. Uh, only three more players and then two, uh, two officials. Uh, well, uh, two other guys as well. So. Uh, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes played in uh, 76 games. He, too, only got 17 minutes per game. Uh, six points, two rebounds, uh, assists per game. Shot at only 40.4% from the field. 38 from three-point range. And only 68.4 from the free throw line. Quentin Grimes... Um, Sporadic playing time. When he had extended minutes, he kind of showed himself. Definitely a 3 and D guy. That's for sure. So somebody who, I kind of mentioned it on social media, that can eventually supplant uh, Evan Fournier as that sort of guy, the uh, knockdown shooter that every team needs. So I think he can be that. He's another one who I think um, a summer league with him kind of being the man there will definitely help his confidence and help him for the season ahead. So uh, Quentin Grimes, I give a 72. Reason I give him a 72 is because I've we've seen glimpses of his game and he could help this team. He really can help this team. If he was given more steady playing time and uh, an opportunity there. So, uh, again, I want to see him in a summer league where he can kind of be the guy and see how he does in that setting. So, Miles McBride or Deuce, uh, 40 games for him, uh, a little over two points per game, one rebound, one assist, 29.6% from the field. 25 from three-point range, 66.6 uh, from the free throw line. Didn't really get the minutes um, in the time there. Even with this team lacking point guards um, outside of Burks and 
quickly. He still couldn't uh, crack the rotation um, until it was kind of later in the season. Um, kept being shuffled in and out. He would go down to G League, killing in G League, then come back here, sit at the end of the bench. Uh, I'd love to see what we have in him if he's given the opportunity. He's another one. Needs to go to the summer league. Uh, needs to run the offense in the summer league to see what we have. So, um, I think... I think you need to see what you have in him. That That's the bottom line. So, I got to give him an incomplete as well. So, uh, summer league, again, as him with him running the point with Grimes alongside him, I think I look forward to seeing that just to see kind of what he does in that setting. So, And then the last player, Cam Reddish, who we brought over in that um, kind of surprising trade that took place. Well, it shouldn't be surprising. Kevin Knox, who didn't give you much. So um, Cam Reddish, of course, a teammate of R.J. Barrett over at Duke in his college days. Uh, came over, only played 15 games with us, uh, a little over six points per game, 1.4 rebounds, shot at 41.5% from the field, only 25.3 from three-point range, 90.6 from the free throw line, so you definitely like that. Uh, Cam Reddish, we were dying to see what we, was, we could get out of him, especially down the stretch, it, it would have served him well. Uh, him playing down the stretch here. Um, but, you know, he'll have an offseason to get himself right. I I say this. Um, he should join those guys in the summer league. Can't, can't, I, I know it's uh, sacrilege, but Cam Reddish, well, he probably won't because he's, um, he, he too is probably up for a, uh, rookie re-up so he probably won't do it although I think he should do it um, he should join them in summer league join them in summer league go ball out there and get yourself ready for the preseason again I don't know if he does it being that he's up for the you know the rookie extension so he probably won't do it but I think he should do it uh, that's just me so all right, so that's the players. Now to the head coach and to the team president. Tom Thibodeau. What can we say about Tom Thibodeau? The team underachieved, that's for sure. We could definitely say that, guys. Um, finished eight games under 500, um, as opposed to finishing 10 games over 500 last season. So, uh, that is a, uh, is that an 18 game swing? Yeah. So, uh, seems like he's still stuck in his ways of, um, leaning, leaning on his vets, on his, uh, on those guys. Um, he kind of reluctantly kind of handed over the keys a bit to, R.J. Barrett, um, 
out I don't want to say reluctantly, but he he he's got to see the handwriting on the wall. Uh, this this team is starting to turn towards being an RJ team. So and he sees that he's been there. He's done that with like I said. I always make the comparison with RJ and Jimmy Butler. Um, year four, Jimmy Butler made the All Star team. So um, if things go right. That could happen for uh, R.J. Barrett. So um, he seemed to be forced into going with his kids down the stretch. So that's not good. So uh, I think I mentioned it before. If you're having an exit interview with Tom Thibodeau, you got to be like, look, I know you're a win now guy and so forth. Um, We got all these kids here. We have to see what we have in these guys. So you're going to have to kind of um, uh, loosen the reins as far as that goes and let let these kids learn from their mistakes out on the court. So um, will Tibbs do that? Don't know. Don't know if he does. I've I've heard it said, well, you know, in the Twitterverse, of course, amongst uh, Nick Nation. Oh, he should just go to the Lakers. He want to win now jobs. And so forth. And, you know, everybody's pining for, you know, everybody loves the assistant coach until he becomes the coach. So Johnny O'Brien, a lot of noise is being made to elevate him if you get rid of Tibbs. Um, And, of course, there's always the Kenny Atkinson uh, overtures to which I actually thought that was the route they were going until I was uh, shocked at. Tibbs ended up getting the job. So, um, Tibbs, he ha- the this is where the rubber meets the road. Will he acquiesce and you know lean more towards seeing what these kids can do because this is the future of this team, or will he, um, you know, hang his hat on these vets, right, wrong, or indifferent and to which that didn't serve us well um, mid-season when we was losing those uh, 20-point leads there where the kids were actually keeping us in the game and he went to the vets and lost the leads. So uh, he, has to, he has to have a come-to-Jesus sort of moment, uh, so to speak, and realize he, he, um, he's got to... He's got to change his ways. He's he he just has to if he wants to keep his job. I know, if, judging from what Leon Rose says, that's what he wants. He values this young talent that we have, and he wants to see this young talent out there playing and developing and producing. So that's Tibbs has to figure it out. So with that said, I give Tibbs. It's a harsh grade, but I gotta give it um, sixty-eight. It's not a failing grade, but it's barely passing. And the real reason I give him a barely passing grade is because what we saw of the kids down the stretch, that doesn't happen on its own, guys. It's got to be some form of coaching, so forth. You say, oh, they just performed despite of him. I don't know if I say that. I don't know if I say that, guys. So um, I got to give him some credit. Um, you, you, you want to give them credit when they lose, but when they 
start developing and playing better, you got to give him credit for that too. So, um, so for me, a 68. So with room for improvement, obviously. And then Leon Rose, who, um, like we heard the interview the other day with, uh, Mike Breen, um, while the drafting has worked out for the Knicks with the plethora of young talent that they have, the free agent sign signings left a lot to be desired. Um, the Fournier, I say, is kind of a wash. Again, I say um, maybe with better guard play, you'll get better production from him. Definitely better efficiency uh, from him next season would mean a bump up in numbers. Um, but, you know, Burks, thankfully, was a sort of godsend in the fact that he was available most of the year and you were forced to put him at the point guard position. Um, but D. Rose, out most of the year. Noel, out for most of the year. Kimball Walker, out for most of the year. So those are the signings that kind of went awry. So, so, um, so that affects Leon Rose's grade. Um, that I know, you know, he had this interview with Mike Breen. You know, he was kind of in a comfort zone that it was on his network. And he was interviewed by one of his sort of employees, so to speak. And Mike Breen. So um, it was a comfortable situation. So, you know, of course, the Stephen A's of the world. But, oh, by the way, let me just get this off. I, I think I mentioned it on social media. Um, Stephen A, you, you've been sweating the Nets big time. So if you want to leave your allegiance for the Knicks, for, of the Knicks, and go to the Nets, go, go. Just, just go and be gone, um, I because I know you're sweating them. So we'll be fine. You know the kids, the kids will be okay. They're growing, they're so forth. I know you want to hang a lot of this on James Dolan and so forth. Um, the fact that um, Rose, Leon Rose's elusiveness is a byproduct of Dolan. I don't know if I say that, but. Um, can he talk to the media more? Sure, absolutely. But you don't attack him like that to get him to talk. That's not going to work. So I'm just saying. But again, you you want to leave your Nick fandom for the Nets? By all means, go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So with that said, uh, I'm giving Lee, Leon Rose a 78 grade for the season. Um, again, that's based solely off the fact that the young talent that he's accumulate all the draft picks that he has these next three um seasons so um we've i i can't remember a time where we've had our draft picks and have a boatload of them so um he's done well in that regard but you know the great suffers because of the free agent stuff so anyhow so that's gonna do it for me that's my assessment of the New York Knicks. Kind of long, but, you know, it's been a long season. So, all right, guys. So, next time you hear from me, I'll be probably uh, breaking down the Lakers. Or, if not, I'll probably 
broke down the Lakers before this. Uh, so either way, you'll hear from me. All right. So, all right, guys. Until then, we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.